Desperate Times is a podcast following Robbie Lambie, the founder of Cairngorm Coffee in Edinburgh, as he attempts to save his business amidst the coronavirus pandemic. With one shop still closed due to lockdown, he enlists the help of two of his best friends to discover ideas to maintain turnover. In this episode, we follow these three unusual homo sapiens, Robbie, Andrew, and Will. We listen with caution as they discuss meeting their heroes. They chat to an old friend to see if he can find new ways to help them crack their target. So buckle in and enjoy the ride. Okay. So, um, that was a, an, another great accent there. Um, <laughs> um, starting to run out of uh, ideas or who we can get, but um, you guys will have to start firing some class celebrity accents my way so we can start thinking of some. Are you, are you guys any good at accents? Guild's very good at accents, actually. Yes, he is. I mean, look, look, wait, hang on a second. I think being serious, who's famous for being bad at accents here is, is Robbie. Robbie like, Lambie. Robbie is terrible. Terrible accents. Awful. Well, actually, I'm pretty good, and I think we could probably save some money on paying actors on Fiverr if I just did them. In yeah, the you could do, yeah. Is that your dog's dog hammering a toy in the background there? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Sound like, sound like, sounds like he was bashing away on a minion. but um, Like father, like son, eh? <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's it. Bashing but... away on a minion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've established that I'm pretty good at accents. It's rubbish. Will's yeah. pretty bad. And, yeah. uh, Guild is unconfirmed. Um, should we play some kind of accent game? Is that... Yeah, all right. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, how about you start by doing an accent and me and Guild have to guess it. You have to say a sentence. You have to say, we'll give you, we'll give you a sentence. We'll give you a sentence to say. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's a great okay. okay, we have to guess it. Okay, say, golly gosh, the weather at the minute is blooming awful. In, in which in which accent? <laughs> no, no, he has no. He has to do. He has to pick the accent, and we have to guess it. Oh, that's a great game. So, what was it? Golly gosh, the weather outside is awful. It's blooming awful at the moment, isn't it? Golly gosh, the the weather outside is blooming awful, isn't it? <laughs> oh my, that's pretty good. That's pretty. That was ter- uh, tremendous. That was good. Yeah. No, but you guys can't tell me you don't know what that was. So that I mean, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off the hook and hopefully say that that was an Irish accent. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. Good. Was that was my Russian accent. What? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, well, that was that was Irish. All right. So, so killed. We have to give one for Will then. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, how about like something to do with coffee? Since this is technically a coffee podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. God, nervous. How about you say I I like my Kenyan coffees as the SL twenty eight varietal. I like my Kenyan. I like my what? <laughs> I like my Kenyan coffees as the SL twenty eight varietal. I like my Kenyan coffees. to see something something to rattle. <laughs> uh, 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 to funny? be fair, I, I, I wouldn't have remembered that probably either. Um, <laughs> was that your Aussie accent? Oh, oh, you're from Australia too. That's great. Yeah. Where yeah, whereabouts right. are you from? I'm from Bondi Beach. Oh, same, mate. They... Surf's great. Yeah, surf is great out there. <laughs> this, this is a this is, uh, awesome. big high risk of becoming a little bit racist, probably. But, uh, but, but sorry, we'll, we'll carry on. <laughs> Need to do one for Guild now. Keep that in mind when we get used to your one and just keep this on PC. Okay. Something to do with uh, being pumped. How about... Did you see me bench press those 60 kgs? Man, I'm feeling pumped. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, did you uh, see me uh, bench the 60 kg? Uh, I am very uh, pumped. <laughs> if your poop's going to bed. <laughs> uh, French. <laughs> I think that was French, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> Uh, almost lost at that game after sliding off Robbie for. Man, I am yeah. booped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, um, welcome back to Desperate Times. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast that brings together three of Edinburgh's most prolifically desperate men to discuss a topic that they know little about. Uh, and that is, of course, how to save a business during the coronavirus pandemic. And that business is, of course, Cairngorm Coffee, which has been serving the good stuff to the good people since 2014. I am Robbie Lambie, the founder of Cairngorm Coffee. I'm 31. I discovered recently that I love Negronis, and I once bought a signed Tim Henman polo shirt at a charity auction. Do you remember that, Guild? I oh, do I remember that. That was a that was a that was a pretty big night, if I remember correctly. I actually, when was that? The highlight of that night. That was a. It was a in Glasgow. It was um, in in the Arches in Glasgow, actually. Uh, a night for for, for charity. There's a charity night. Yeah. Yep. Epilepsy Scotland, local charity, very good. Did my bit, did my bit. You did, you did. Uh, but your friend Ewan, uh, pretty sure he ended up uh, accidentally buying a two grand holiday, a two grand golf holiday in Portugal or something um, whilst he was hammered. It was actually you and Osprey yeah. Allen who uh, worked in coffee. Um, some of the listeners might know him from DR Wakefield or working with us at Cairngorm or Brew Lab. Um, he has, yeah, he's He's a bit of a, a man around the coffee scene. Um, yeah, he is not going to go on that holiday because I think it's, what? Yes. Yeah, it's meant to be this summer, isn't it? I think it was meant to go. I don't know if he managed to get a refund, but I mean, it was it was pretty beefy. I mean, I ended up with Kyle Lafferty's boots, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was basically like a pretty flawed system where mm. you had an iPad and you could, you could kind of uh, bet on auctions, I guess, for... Yeah. Um, whoever's at the table so we quite quickly found out guilds pin number and started bidding on mm-hmm. all sorts of rubbish oh, i don't know what, what did you end up with uh, a pair of kyle lafferty's boots <laughs> a signed rangers football uh a, a case of wine which we dropped half of whilst running for a bus down buchanan street uh, and holding a, a framed tim Hemman polo shirt yeah Quite, uh, quite precarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's quite. A... In fact, I actually have it here. Do you? If you want to see it. Yeah. You not got it on the wall. Oh, that, that is a coincidence. Oh, what it's a coincidence! It's right in the corner of the room. Though. I mean, sure, surely, surely the the missus loves that. That that's 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 art. Can, you need to you need to get that up on the wall. Say that it did not go down well. <laughs> yeah, above the bed, surely. Yeah. But, Above your bed, right on, uh, right on Henman Hill. I, yeah. like I thought about opening. Happy Valentine's. Wear a bed because I mean, it's never going to go on the wall, and I literally have no use for it. You cannot wear that. In but bed. it's too small. It's not my size. Henman's not as beefy as me. You need to, you need why, to get like a, a little pub, like a little bar in the garden. Beefy. I reckon. Why didn't you sell it? Bar and pop, that pop good. that up there. I think that's that's a that's a good place for it. Yeah. It's not worth anything, Will, I think. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. You finally, I was going to ask again, yeah. but I thought three three times is too many, probably. <laughs> let, I, I was willing to let it go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's kind of a mental thing. That was actually the last time that we could go out with absolutely no restrictions. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was at the start of March. Yeah, start of March 2020. Yeah. It was literally as I think I just heard about coronavirus on, like, the news. And on the way back from Glasgow to Edinburgh, we got the night bus. I think we shared a bottle of wine with a stranger on the bus on the way home. Yeah, yeah. If you think about doing that now in 2021, that is... (laughs) I'm pretty, pretty confident I had coronavirus after that. Um, But there was no testing at the time, but I've never been iller in my life. Like, I've never been so sick. It was terrible. Oh, that's probably a hangover, wasn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it definitely wasn't a hangover. I had plenty of them, plenty of them. But um, yeah, that that was that was a night. That was a night. Yeah, yeah, good times. So how how has your week been, Will? Yeah, good. Just getting stuff done in the house. Had the uh, living room replastered, so we can get painting soon. Had the carpet guys who you recommended over today. Actually, yeah, actually, oh, did you? Good. The guy from uh, Carpet Right. That's who, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. He came in and measured up and had a look. So yeah, nothing much exciting because obviously I'm furloughed. Um, I actually, that's like I went and helped my brother-in-law. He's doing just some extra work at a golf course today because uh, the driving range is open. So Ooh, just I'd kind love of, to have the driving range. 
Yeah, we should. It's I didn't know they were allowed to be open, but it is. Yeah, but of course you're a big golfer, so that's um, perfect. perfect <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, as well, me and Andrew both, I think, actually, uh, quite the quite the elite uh, golfers. Uh, unlike mm. unlike yeah. yourself, Robbie. Unlike yourself. Absolutely. Well, we don't have to play regularly because we're like oh, yeah. good. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. Once every five years. And guilt. Anything exciting? I assume mm. you're probably starting to stock up beer for the rugby. I am. I am. I'm looking forward to the Six Nations tomorrow. Um, buzzing for that. So, yeah. Uh, um, just been working hard, really, to be honest. Been a busy week. Uh, kind of got my uh, my juices flowing after the last podcast, oh. thinking about uh, supporting local businesses. So I've been uh, trying to be a bit more conscious about doing that this week which has been quite good so find some good places to eat and um order some flowers for valentine's day from from oh who for sorry who for can i just buy in here the flowers oh lucky lady i don't don't, don't know if it's uh, the right place to uh give a shout out but uh uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, be, be Bonnie Flowers, you guys yeah. will be, be aware, yeah, aware of that. So, I got a lovely, a lovely Christmas wreath from there. So, it's uh, Robbie's cousin Finn's wife, yeah, Aline, yeah, so, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's just been a good week. Well, I look forward to seeing who the lady is who gets the late, uh, the flowers. One lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right, so last week we set ourselves the challenge of trying to increase our followers by doing something called guilt exposure, or I think that's what we called it anyway. Um, this was that Robbie had to like 50 profiles a day like two of their photos and DM them. If I remember, you were going to search food and drink to find these profiles. How did you get on, Rob? Well, in a word, okay. I mean, first of all, I got to the end of the first day and I realized that it takes ages to like 50 profiles a day. Um, And then to like two of their photos as well. It was pretty time consuming, um, to say the least. So... Adding in the DM part to that scenario, genuinely just could not do it. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking, I just, why? Like, there's, there's many reasons. Obviously, taking aside the fact that it was time-consuming, obviously, I do. I, I could have made the time. Like, it's not. It's not mm. taking me hours. But I started doing the first one, and I just it felt so invasive and like and it was so it was like me going, liking someone's profile liking two of the photos and then dming them being like hey mm. <laughs> it's too much and it's like so desperate mm. desperate times mate <laughs> well no th- this is true um <laughs> this is true so the name's in the title so maybe i should have committed yeah. a bit better maybe should have reread the title <laughs> uh, my bad <laughs> So how did you find the process of actually choosing the profiles to follow? Um, so it's quite simple. Obviously, the plan was that I was going to search food and drink um, in the search bar on, on Instagram. Um, it's actually mental how many food profiles there actually are on Instagram. Like It's, it's nuts. It's all like at Jane Munches, at Tom Crunches, at Helen Scoffs. It's, it's nuts. Um, it's just there's just so many and like obviously that's great this these are the kind of people who would would like hopefully like our profile so that's who we need to target mm. but i found eventually i'd kind of exhausted the list of local food and drink options um so i started uh kind of gravitating towards looking up to like glasgow food and drink and then aberdeen mm. food and drink uh, even ended up on like inverness food and drink where admittedly there was a lot less uh Mm. Shout out to Inverness Food Hunter with zero posts, zero following, and now one <laughs> followers, which is of course nice. at kingomcoffee.co. Oh, <laughs> 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 I went into kind of like website mode there at kingomcoffee.co.uk. <laughs> it really annoys me that our Instagram, ta- ta- our Instagram tag is at kingomcoffee.co because 
one of our friends, Henry Philip, who used to work for us for about three days. The first thing he did was set up our Instagram before I really knew what Instagram was. And he got at Cameron uh-huh. Coffee and then uh-huh. like left to go and do something else. And about a year later, I was like, hey man, have you got the password for the Instagram? And he was like, yeah, no, no, no clue. So uh, there's basically like an at Cairn Grum Coffee in the kind of abyss of Instagram. Oh no. I just can't get access to it, it's so annoying. And I've tried to, I've tried to ask like Instagram themselves. <clears throat> of course, they're just like not, obviously non-responsive to me with mm-hmm. 8,888 followers. It's like, <laughs> wow, that's got to change. So. If we were Coca-Cola, you know, they might take it a bit more seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, anyway, did you manage to get some results from your experiment? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, it was moderately successful. We're now an improved 9,041 followers. Um, so that's an increase of 173 uh, in the seven days. So increasing at a rate of knots um, in, in a way. Um, we discussed previously that uh, we were receiving about 1200 followers a year uh, so that's about 23 a week so 173 last week is a significant increase when you look at it that way i guess i think it's important we get pretty stuck into these facts because this in a way is a bit of a social experiment so you shared with me a section of instagram that shows your insights especially in relation to your audience and in the last month Cairngorm coffee has had 301 overall followers, which means that 57% of your followers in January did like you in the last week during the experiment. So from that point of view, I do have to say that that is a success. I think that was a success. However, there are a couple of caveats. The first of which is actually pretty mental. So in January, you had 301 followers overall. This was calculated by 429 followers and 128 unfollowers. So why are a quarter of your followers bailing on us? Like, why do you think that's happened, Will? Uh, I don't know. Possibly the content may be a bit rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) A wee wee bit harsh. As I said it, I realized, but I don't know. Maybe possibly now you get these bots on these kind of sites. I don't know, they can like yeah. and unlike pages. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know much about yeah, that. Yeah, that could be it. Just throwing out an idea. Um, yeah, no, I think that, that that is a good point. Um, there, there are so many of these things, aren't there? I, I, we've, obviously, if we haven't delved into that, that could be a future pod to, to try and actually just hire a bot and see what happens. Yeah, the bot pod. Um, yeah. I, I think it could also be because there's, you know, there's other sad people um, they're applying this guilt exposure tactic. So they're liking loads of accounts and then maybe they're going through their recent likes and unliking them mm-hmm. kind of days later just to make themselves look, I suppose, less desperate because nobody wants to have like 10,000 followers and also be following yeah. 20,000 yeah, exactly. people. Um, if you if you have 10,000 followers and you like like 100 people, then I get the feeling well a i get the feeling <coughs> personally i'd be like oh they must actually be pretty good and people are following them for mm-hmm. a reason also makes me think somebody's a bit suspect but um but yeah that might be it people are kind of unfollowing us after they've liked us i don't know pain the butt um, if that's the case but it is a bit of a, a bit of a pain so obviously um we need to try and work out a plan for next week so I've got a few ideas. Um, one, one idea I have is that we could invest some money in advertising. I feel like we've kind of got it up the ante a wee bit. We're kind of we're quite far behind our fifteen thousand target. So I had a few ideas of stuff that might generate interest, but most of it's just how to like appeal to our current followers. I don't think it's actually going to find us more followers. So the only way of doing that really is by going viral um, or, you know, by, yeah, paying to try and get more people. You're doing like, doing like ads and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, like targeting. I think you, you, I think you can be quite specific on Instagram with who you're targeting. 
yeah. with ads, you know, so you could you could expand your region. Yeah, so I think that might be the sh- might be a shout. Mm. Um, question is like, how much is enough? It doesn't cost much. Like it costs like forty quid or something. Yeah. So, do we just do we just put a round number and say like, okay, we put fifty quid into an advert next week i think maybe you need to be more punchy when we've got a lot of of followers to get yeah if we if we said i'd say like eight grand nine grand ten grand twelve grand twenty grand (laughs) i was thinking yeah a bit bit more than that actually pocket chat mate pocket chat six figures let's let's round it up to 100 grand well if we put all the money we make from this podcast into the advertising so like six quid or something well, actually nothing. But I think we're uh, actually in a that. deficit from all the money I spend on Fiverr getting actors to, to do accents. Yeah, probably. Um, nah, like so. I'm trying to think. So, what about honestly? Just it's such an unknown, isn't it? It's quite scary just saying any number, even just like twenty pounds a day for a week. So that'd be like 140 quid. 100 would be like so so thinking that you know yeah. as a round number kind of 150 quid for a week of advertising what are you gonna no what are you gonna advertise i have no idea i think it has to be like a product because then the hope is that alongside followers we might actually sell some products and then yeah i think mm-hmm. our lockdown coffee would be a shout because it'd be a picture of guild with no clothes on holding your lockdown coffee in front of his bits could that, do, yeah, but I mean, you want to get actually. you want to get followers. Um, I think that also, would. Well, yeah. Instagram, I've tried that before, and uh, Instagram basically takes it down. Um, so, it's a massive waste oh, of yeah, money right. for you then. Because um, <laughs> right. it's, it's too it's too sexual. Too sexy. Um, it's too sexy. <laughs> it's way too sexy. So they they just pull it out. But, um, but yeah, you, yeah, you could do that. I, I, if I could give you a tip, it would maybe be try some um, video content. You've got some good video content. You could slam that into an ad. That's true, actually. But it's relevant to lockdown and stuff like that as well still. So, you know. So, so what I was thinking about, I was talking about content, which would basically just be interesting for our existing followers, but wouldn't necessarily bring us new followers. Mm. I was thinking at that point that I could do like a live video each day for a week just as like regular content but i don't think that'll bring anyone in but maybe if i did almost like a kind of quite frank live video-esque kind of feeling video where it's not like massively overproduced it's just quite yeah chill and just me talking to a potential customer about a lockdown coffee or something mm-hmm. i don't know that'd be really yeah. cringy if that would work <laughs> i feel like maybe yeah. that would be quite um like uh i was gonna say approachable not the word but like um yeah i guess i don't know the word well one thing i learned like through the week i I went to an event this week and um it was talking about how to network through through social media and um well sorry you went to event event well well on on Zoom. Um, yeah, it would have been, it definitely would have been. But um, yeah, they're talking about like <clears throat> how to network through social media. And um, I, I that's why I think like your videos about your story and the character of the brand, because basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to raise brand awareness and that's how mm-hmm. you gain followers. It's not it's not um you're not trying to generate leads or like generate like business necessarily directly you're looking at a following basis first and people are more interested in a story you know so if you're not talking to them directly about selling them something selling them a product you know telling them about your product you're more giving that sort of whole experience around the brand which as i said you've already got material for I think yeah. if you did that but paid and promoted it, then that might help you to to gain gain followers. But that that's what I learned this week that basically people are more interested in a story rather than being hit directly um, and sold something. You know, I think a lot of people, especially now, because so many people are being sold so many things right now, with the the sort of conditions and everyone sort of trying to manipulate 
digital media to to sell things i think people are more um or they're responding more sorry to to like a, a story so yeah i think that would be yeah, nice. better for you okay so how how about we piece together an advert then so we've our product is our lockdown coffee mm-hmm. yeah. and we want to try and obviously get followers but also sell units of it um so what is the story behind it i'm trying to think how we could pitch this apart from the the most obvious thing would be for me to or for us just to film like the coffee being roasted um and bagged and all these things and and have a kind of overdub talking about the coffee Mm. might be a wee bit too simplistic um if you guys were going to get drawn in by a product can can you think of like what you would need to get you over the line i mean what what are like the last yeah i think i think well there's probably a couple of things to it so one is a really attractive brand which is one thing so you're buying something that you didn't necessarily go out there to look for um and then there's the other that's convenience so convenience is basically something that you're actually looking for you're looking for a direct message and, and that's it but if you're trying to reach a new audience i think being less direct is probably better for you. And you know, if you if you even had a bit of a message, like as I said, you have had with your own content already, but just paying to get it to more people, and maybe adapting it to then have, you know, a little bit of exposure about your your lockdown coffee, um, or you know, the link points them straight to the page on your website to 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 where you can buy that you know that coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would serve you better than being really really direct about it and just talking about the the coffee itself like that you know yeah that uh, i think that that's why I, I don't know I've, i'm not i'm no expert but yeah I'm, that's what i i reckon so okay i'm trying to think about like effective content then so how about if i if if we put the storyline more in the elements of the customer experience as opposed to like the coffee being made which people can't really relate to that much Mm -hmm. there's like maybe 10 in a thousand people on our instagram have ever roasted coffee yeah yeah um so maybe i could do like some kind of like short video of um like the coffee arriving in the door and like there's a guy who's self-isolating in the house and he can't leave and this is like the one little bit of joy that comes into into his house because no one else can come and it's left at his yeah. door and it's there when he opens it yeah and he, he's like yes like oh, this is it's a little thing it's getting a bit better it's the little things yeah okay yeah, yeah. it's the little things that make lockdown Bearable. a little bit a little bit yeah. more, it's, a, it's the small pleasures in life yeah, something similar. Like that. That's good. Yeah, that's that's nice. And uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it goes from being dark, dull colors in the house. Yeah, to everything sparkling. Yeah. Having a great time. He's making the coffee. He's feeling fantastic. Mm. He's lying back. He's just you know, everything's. Postman's crazy. giving him a massage. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey, COVID, mate, can't come to class. Oh, yeah, that's true. Before, yeah. before that, he's in the kitchen. He's in the kitchen. He's opening. His, he's put the kettle on, but he's opened his cupboards, and there's no coffee there. So he closes it, but then the doorbell rings. So it's just like, oh, another thing to ruin my day. But then it goes, and he's like, oh. love that. Yeah. Oh, we're building a story. We're building a story. I think Will's got a future in advertising. To be honest, he's got some good, good, uh, good little ideas there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. This is true. <laughs> Here, here's the problem. So we've got we've got not very long to um to piece this together to see the effects of it within the week, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the problem, yeah. Well Gil could just record it all on his uh, computer because he can yeah. film himself waking up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably could do that, yeah. Slamming the door in the kitchen like, oh no, coffee, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Henry Henry's barking, you're like, shut up, Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could do that. Could yeah. do that. Or, or I mean, I could just leave it to Robbie. <laughs> oh yeah. Either or. Either way. Either way. Right. I'll I'll see what I can do. 
Yeah, I, I will see what I can do. Would help you out, but can't. So, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. I mean, best of luck to you, but you know. Lockdown, summer in the city. <laughs> we actually, uh, we we just bagged up 36 bags of coffee for all the Scottish rugby lads. Did you? Um, and so they're each like customized. They got their name, their position, and well, it's quite cringy. It's like hashtag as one. Ah. Um, but that's going out to them hopefully on Monday. That's sweet. So just waiting. Waiting for the guy to give me the uh, the address for the hotel, oh. and once I've got it, no. I'll be scooting up there to uh, <laughs> get some autographs. I bet you are. Uh, excuse, excuse me, uh, Mr. 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 Russell, Mr. Mr. Finn, <laughs> Mr. Rug, Mr. Rugby, Mr. Rugby Man. Over here. Fun, um, I've actually got a funny anecdote. Actually. It's not really about um, autographs per se. It's more about autograph books. Mm-hmm. I had a um, a Rangers autograph book when I was younger guild. Nice. And I nice. think I remember um, yeah. at school we had the, one of the gladiators came. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Who was it? Oh, uh, Chris Agabuski. Like no, he, he wasn't was like gladiator. Was gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, wasn't he? <laughs> and it wasn't Chris Aswabuski. It was uh, yeah. Askabuski. Chris Askabuski. Let's have a Chris, have a Wait, I'm actually getting confused. Is, is it Akabusi or am I? And now I feel I've said it wrong. It's not <laughs> my. It's, it's, it's not. It's Chris. It's surely not Ash. No, no, no it's Akabusi. No, no, it's I'm it's Chris. Have a brewski. Not Askabuski. I don't remember a gladiator coming to school. Uh, oh, it was when it was when we were like ten or something. Like that. It was a, a male and female gladiator that came along. Uh, that at all? Wasn't the wolf though? The wolf was my favorite. He was uh, the big bad wolf. Um, who else did we meet? Uh, Prince Charles. Uh, uh, Jackie Stewart. Did you meet Jackie Stewart? I think that was yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a guy that we went to school with. Um, his godfather was Jackie Stewart. That's pretty cool. Yeah, shook Jackie Stewart's yeah. hand like uh, like Alan Partridge mm-hmm. says. Um, so yeah. But I was just thinking more low key, like <laughs> Akabusi, yeah. not Akabusi. <laughs> Got to call Akabusi in the brain. Uh, um, Rhino and Rhino. Uh, that was it. I definitely I think. Must, yeah. I must have been. Yeah. I must have been skiving that day. Yeah. He, I, if I remember correctly, it was literally just like a random table at like a Highland Games where there was like two gladiators sitting there. <laughs> like yeah, just like signing pictures, yeah. basically. So I went up with my Rangers uh, autograph yeah. book. And yeah. I think the other people in my Rangers autograph book were like Mickey Mouse when I went to Disney. and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, Oh, wait, so you didn't have any footballers? No, no, I didn't have any footballers. I just had the footballer. Like, oh, all right. I wasn't right. Gonna what a waste of a good Rangers... But also like pretty cringe that I'm going around like Goofy thinking I've got Goofy's autograph and Pluto's autograph and it's literally just like some American guy in a suit. <laughs> just, yeah. whoa, whoa, wait, what? Oh, sorry. For all our young listeners out there. Yeah, yeah, I do have Goofy and Pluto's autographs and I can yeah, sell you yeah. them for seven pounds. Yeah. Each. Yeah, well, that, that's a good way to get followers as well. If you, if you say you're... Uh, Connected, connected to Goofy and Pluto really and think uh, Mickey. Didn't actually, yeah, that is quite a good shout. Quite, Cir- quite like a um, more around. analog way of trying to get followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to yeah, why not? Why Use not? that next week if this week's strategy doesn't work. So. It's a great pleasure to welcome a very good friend to the Desperate Times podcast. We didn't only study at university together, but also shared a lot of times on what they call the toilet circuit uh, when we played in a band together. <laughs> so, uh, Ross Stoddart, how the heck are you, man? Yeah, good, man. Just uh, just trying to keep going with life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? Oh, yeah, just... Your dad now, man. Yeah. 
it's pretty nuts to be fair <laughs> pretty weird crazy man um but no it's good like work's been so weirdly it's actually been quite energizing because it's just different you know when you do anything for what's been like seven years obviously naturally it just becomes a little bit it's been that long yeah it'll be seven years in in march end of march i remember Um, that party you had the the night i lost your keys and end up sleeping in a telephone booth or something (laughs) i was actually thinking about that recently um you were so chill about that as well man like i'd swear not many people i know would have been chill about me losing their flat keys well so Uh, we went to it was the first the first, I think it was the first year of Cairngorm made a party. Yeah, it was like your birthday or something. Um, it was like your your launch okay. thing. So you, you'd already opened for like a few months or something, okay. but then you had like a, a proper launch. And yeah, and that was, I remember like, and then I I, I, I think my phone had died as well. So I, I then called my dad from a payphone who then messaged you at like seven in the morning to be like, can you call this payphone? Because <laughs> Ross is there. Uh, and then so we, funny. Then, I remember you were like, finally got in and you just got on the sofa and just completely yeah, passed yeah. out for like a good long while <laughs> but yeah seven years and now obviously this has happened so you've had to kind of readjust and yeah it's pretty nice i mean yeah as i was saying like it's it's quite it's quite nice in a way because it's just it's just giving you a chance to kind of take mm-hmm. stock of of the, like the business and think about like okay are we doing things well without like basically had time just to think about things um, and I think ultimately it's given me a chance to focus on different parts. Like ordinarily I'll, I'll spend my days running around trying to get the shops working well and having having the yeah. shops closed meant I can actually start thinking, okay, uh, long overdue, like how can I make the website better? How can I sell more coffee online? How can I do the, the like things like I've wanted to do for ages, like the podcast and like making videos and stuff like that, like content creation, which... <laughs> Is obviously so important now she'll know all about um more than i do but yeah it's just it's been quite yeah it's been quite nice in a weird way and a nice time to have a baby as well i suppose in the mix um like 10 minutes before i was coming on here i was like right i'll just do a quick bit of research on exactly what it is that you're doing and uh so i'll be like all set for chat went onto linkedin and it's like going through this massive global meltdown right, right now and you can't actually get onto it so i was like Fuck. yeah Yes. Bad yeah. I noticed that I was I was trying to get on my phone. And I was like, it's really weird. And then I saw someone on Twitter mention it. But um, you know, it, it, it's funny because um, my dad still doesn't really know what the company I work for do. For the first six months of me working there, he thought they were a marketing agency. And I'm like, no, I, I work in the marketing department, but they're not a marketing agency. And he was like, oh, okay. But I mean, so like the bread and butter of what you're doing is is marketing. I take it. Yeah. So uh, my my official job title is regional marketing manager, um, and I'm part of the EMEA team, and I handle like all the marketing for one part of our business within our region, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. So the 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 company I work for, Viavi, they are a, a test and measurement. Well, they do a lot of different stuff, but the the part of the business I'm involved in is the test and measurement stuff for the telecoms industry. Right. Okay. So like if you've got, um, your internet, you, you know, whoever you're with, uh, if you get an issue with that and an engineer comes out to look at it, then they might be using our kit to test it. But I mean, that, that's a little bit of background in the, in the company where, where they are. And then my role is mostly at the moment focused on coming up with campaigns to target certain areas but a big part of what i do is also manage the regional social media activity so we have like a regional social media page i manage all that i do some stuff for instagram as as well um and then we also have like a network of other companies that that basically sell our stuff um in different regions so like we don't have a lot of salespeople in the middle east so we have resellers over there and i help them with some content and you know stuff as well because a lot of these people are like kind of middle-aged sales guys that know nothing about social media so i have to kind of train them <laughs> and it's- i would imagine there's so many like businesses who think they can do social media themselves or think they can market things themselves and are just mm-hmm. absolutely awful at it do you think like in the social media marketing 
kind of business some people think that as a skill set is kind of overlooked do you think they don't really need to pay someone to come in and do their their marketing because you know it's just taking photos and it's just <laughs> putting tweets out and stuff you know yeah is it undervalued you reckon it I have no idea. I, I, I would say so, yeah. Um, and I, I, obviously, I'm coming from a biased point of view because <laughs> I work in marketing, but um, I would definitely say it's it's a bit a bit undervalued. And I think there's, um, I don't know if it's maybe a lack of education or something, because like some, something I see quite a lot is junior marketing executive role goes up and it says, oh, you must be experienced at copywriting, at content creation, at videography, at photography. At social at paid social uh, content at STO email it's like like those are all different functions you know what I mean like you know you, you in, in, a, in a business you wouldn't have the person who does the or normally on in a, in a bigger scale business you wouldn't have the person who does the accounts be the one like selling to people or the, the same as the salesman you know you'd normally have these different functions but for some reason like some companies look at it it's like, oh just lump it all together it's all the same stuff when it seems to be a little bit overlooked but specifically with social media I, I think there is definitely an aspect of like oh yeah it's just taking a photo and posting it up online and stuff when when actually there's a lot more you can do with it than just that and you see certain brands who really spend time focusing on their social media not only the content they put up but how they engage with their audiences like brands like Gymshark for example I know that's not like specifically any, anything similar to like anything you do or even or certainly not similar to anything i do it does seem like they've but, got quite like a loyal fan base like a lot of loads of engagement and i think probably that is like engagement is key mm -hmm. isn't it sometimes like um like likes yeah. and follows are yeah are only kind of half a story and it's about more than that isn't it it's about people actually engaging with your content and yeah and do you know a common thing a common term that i hear thrown about just now and i i don't I don't necessarily like it. I think it's kind of overused a little bit, but the the idea works is this idea of tribes. So it's like um, you have this, you build this following, and it's it's not just simply people who follow you. It's like they they really are part of a community, and it, that that's a, you know, Gymshark's a perfect example of that, where they built up this, you know, gradually built up this organic following of people, not not just people who like the products of the brand but they actually support the brand and they want to see it do well mm -hmm. so they're more than happy to share pictures of their gymshark products or, or whatever and and you get that with certain um certain other brands as well uh you know, i mean it's obviously on a much grander scale but even starbucks was like oh, i'm gonna post a coffee you know a picture of my name on the coffee cup and it's like you know that that was such a huge thing that it was basically free marketing for them and, and coke with the the bottle uh, with the, the name in the bottle yeah, customized models, yeah. It's funny because the businesses that crack that engagement mm -hmm. are kind of in a, like a music sense. Like we both, both obviously loved music and studied music. And it's kind of like you think about those cult bands who really embrace their fan base. You know, mm -hmm. bands like we're obsessed with like Biffy Clyro, who like the fan bases are completely different in Biffy Clyro than they are to say anyone who's in the charts I don't I can't think you know the the kind of intense fan base reaction you have for bands like that it's kind of like the same with brands who get like loads of engagement it's like it's a different type of engagement isn't it it's it's not just like that kind of throwaway like oh you've liked them it's the kind of yeah. you want the the social media um followers who want to comment on your stuff and like dm you and ask questions and all this kind of stuff and some brands are terrible at, at kind of um, developing that for sure. Yeah, they are. And, and just what you mentioned there about the, the band thing was actually really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you remember like way back in the day when we were just kind of starting out in a band together and stuff like that. And um, the pair of us were quite into Twin Atlantic at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and this was in their relatively early days as well. I think they had a, a couple of EPs out or something. And this was back in the days of MySpace, actually. So this is going to make me sound like really old. But um, it just doesn't exist anymore. MySpace. I know. I know. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, it. And I, I messaged Twin Atlantic on MySpace. You know, being a little, you know, kind of inspired by by you know how well they'd done to that stage. And I messaged them to say, hey, you know, I, I think your EP is great. It's really strange to see a band put out like a six-minute long song 
on, a, on an EP and stuff, but uh, I really love your work and everything. And, and they responded to me and I was like, oh my God, they actually got back to me. That's actually really cool. And it, it's that kind of thing of like, as you said, like responding to people and getting back to, to folk. And a lot of bands did that to really build that hardcore fan base. But even looking as you, you know, you mentioned about some of the people in the charts, this is maybe not the most recent example, but like Taylor Swift uh, and Lady Gaga, like they totally had that tribe thing going on, you know. I think Lady Gaga called her fans like little monsters or something like that, was what they were referred to. And, and that was like, those those people were like, you know, they're just so committed to supporting. Yeah. When you bring it into like actual businesses that crack that, yeah, the the success they get off of it because it's not only are people going to buy from you, but they're going to be advocates for your brand. They're going to be like, they're going to shout about you more than you shout about yourself probably. So, um, yeah, I was, I was going to, uh, go on to a bit about like the band and stuff because well obviously we we studied music at uni and it was pretty funny because i think it was like the week that we were finishing third year which was like the end of my career at uni the spotify launched i'm pretty sure it was like around that kind of time <laughs> and i remember one yeah. of the lectures is basically like yeah so basically everything you've learned the past three years is gonna change <laughs> it's gonna be completely different so I was like going out into the world, like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's nuts. But it's pretty funny just how that was, that was, a, that industry just completely changed. I found it really like fascinating. Uh, so much so that like MySpace is just falling off cliff, doesn't exist. And that was so huge when we were, you know, in uni. I mean, that was like the thing you yeah. had if you're in a band and you didn't have a MySpace. It's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> whereas so for now it's like, What's a MySpace? So yeah. funny because I, because we've been doing this podcast with Will and, and Guild, who were in the first band that I played in before I joined up with you. Um, yeah. We were like, I was just finding funny content that I could think of about them, and I looked up loads of old stuff that we'd done and um, online. And I came across like our MySpace, but, um, but it's funny, just like just so many blog posts they're just like complete rubbish absolute rubbish but very it feels very much <laughs> like we were just happy to share like everything we were doing and i feel like now um from a headspace of like being a business mm -hmm. i get kind of scared of opening up because i'm all worried about the brand whilst i think when you're like young and you're in a band you don't really think of it as a business mm -hmm. even though it kind of, in some respects is like you are a brand but there was that, that kind of like youthful naivety that you just kind of didn't didn't really care and you're happy to share it. And I think the the bands like that, um, I, I used to love. So I just, I, I, I'm yeah. obsessed with knowing everything about a brand or I want to see behind the scenes and all this kind of stuff. Um, I kind of wish in some respects that I had that confidence from when we played in bands and kind of went, went on Twitter and spouted absolute garbage. Um, but I obviously don't have it. But I... I Oh, absolutely. No, I was just going to say that. I mean, that, that I totally agree with you. And I think that's one of the frustrating things for me, having gone into working and marketing and, you know, social media being a big part of that. It's, it's, you know, looking back at when we were in a band and yeah, like we did some stuff on social media. I mean, I remember we actually streamed a gig, like live streamed a gig as part of our tour that we did. Did we? <laughs> we um, yeah, we did an acoustic gig from your place in uh, Newton Moore. Wow. Get a stopover, that's, or like we had a gap one night. That's pretty pretty progressive. We we streamed to four people. Uh, you know that was. <laughs> yeah. There was more. There was as many people watching us as I was playing the gig. You know, but um, but it was you know that that was like the early days of that stuff, and it was like oh, this is kind of cool. But I mean, yeah, know, obviously the infrastructure. Well, what can yeah. I say, Ross? We were obviously pretty ahead of the curve. So, but, I mean, to be fair, there's that's the only way to play music to an audience now. And I'm intrigued to know if and when concerts resume, and how how they'll have changed. Because even nightclubs, they're surely going to have to adapt in some way to stay relevant. It's pretty nuts to think about, really. But I think you're right though about the the, the nightclubs thing. Because I think there's like a. I mean, I used to work. Before I worked for my current company, I worked for um, a company who owned like different, they owned like, was it 10? May not be as many as 10, but they had like a couple of different nightclubs and bars and restaurants all across like the central belt of Scotland. And um, part of the issue that we were having was to try and get people to come into the clubs and like 
pay them because they'd have to pay to get in and then have to get them to pay the prices and most of the time they weren't interested mm. and they were going well and it was it was there was two it was up in sterling that um, i worked and there was only two nightclubs in sterling um but there's a lot of students um but you know these students don't have much cash and they were going like well why should i pay seven quid to get in and then start paying like three pound a drink i can buy a bottle of vodka for 12 pound that will get me 10 drinks and so yeah. so most of the, what, what they just started doing we were just having house parties and that became the thing they would do they wouldn't bother going to a nightclub they would just go to house parties most of the time they might go to a club like really late on and i'm talking like they'd go in at one even though it shuts at like two or three sometimes yeah. um so i mean just before lockdown or not just before lockdown but just before the what's it called it circuit break that we had yeah. it was like uh, 20 weeks ago or something like that it was only meant to last for two weeks was or that, like the, that was like the second one was it okay. yeah just before that um the uh the cat house in glasgow had just they basically like rearranged their entire building or their all their floors to basically be a bar and restaurant yeah um, they were trying to, like a kind of cocktail vibe at one point yeah they, they were like vibe. trying to basically be a bar like just yeah. be a rock bar or whatever and then they were literally about to open and then it was like oh no there's another lockdown oh. and but that's the like, that's the problem like i think a lot of businesses spend a lot of money to try and be relevant in you know the restrictions that were were about mm-hmm. at, at that point and then the goalposts kept on moving but we were yeah. lucky that we we kind of held back a little bit and just kind of we're, we were trying to be a little bit of a step behind all all, all the way just to mm-hmm. Just to see what was happening because it was so unknown what what to expect and, you know buying screens and buying hand sanitizing stations and all this stuff is pretty expensive you know yeah, for, for a small yeah. business certainly i'd imagine they will have spent a small fortune um to have transformed things hopefully probably because i mean i mean i'd only saw, saw a couple of photos but there was like big benches that they brought in and tables and stuff and they i mean they were a nightclub and a gig venue they didn't have any of that stuff um and a dance floor was now like full of tables and and chairs and stuff so they would have had to bought a lot of stuff in, or maybe hired it but i don't know where you would hire stuff like that from necessarily but um yeah it's it's kind of crazy and, and it, you're right about like there's a lot of you know expenditure there especially for small businesses so i don't know if this is necessarily legal but there's a, a chinese uh, just down the road from me that I, I i don't i don't get a chinese on a, on a very regular basis but i you know i i when i go out for a walk and i, I go past it on the on the main street near where i stay there's uh, this chinese is literally put like cling film from like the ceiling down to the counter <laughs> And I'm like, I don't think that's gonna really do the trick. <laughs> till till someone sneezes and it just makes a massive hole in it. Yeah, and they just like through. flaps in the wind or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh. But it, yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely don't, you know, envy any any small business that's had to do do with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy time for any business. Um, it's been amazing to see how individual ones have adapted to survive. But obviously, that's what we're trying to do here with the podcast. But. <laughs> I mean, to to give you I, I don't know if you've listened much to, to the podcast but to give some context um uh obviously we're trying to hit 15,000 followers on our instagram um which is the kind of sole purpose of the podcast apart from chatting to cool cool guys like yourself um so we're at the moment about 7,000 or more away from our target i think okay i think we're like we're basically we're at the point where we need to get over a thousand followers a week so definitely started to think we've been off more than we can chew <laughs> um <laughs> so i think like the for me i i feel like we definitely need to try and just go viral i think that's what we need now it's the only chance we've got because we can't just put out engaging content and expect you know a couple of hundred people a day to suddenly start following us we're yeah. definitely in viral uh, territory now um, have you have you come up with anything that's gone viral before? Uh, no, um, I've, I've definitely come up with stuff that's like, um, or 
been a part of things that have kind of grown arms and legs, so to speak. Um, but I wouldn't say I've done anything that's gone viral. And, and it, I mean, and viral is such a strange thing now as well, because like, you know, back when when we were at uni, for example, something would go viral and it'd be like the biggest thing in the world for like a week or two weeks or something like that. Now there's like a new meme every day that's kind of the, the thing. It's like, oh, that's viral. And then it's like gone. You know, yeah. so I slightly um, I got an interesting story about that actually. The um, there was one night, uh, so at the company I used to work for, that was the that had like the bars and restaurants and stuff. There was they had this one business that I think has been bought over or something by someone else, but it was like a restaurant that on one side of it had a hotel. Small, small hotel and had like five rooms or something um and then on the other side of the the restaurant was a nightclub and it was like it was just really they were just very different things anyway the, the, <laughs> the there was one night the the restaurant was closing up and they were getting ready for the nightclub to open and the commercial manager i think her name i think her job title was um and the person that was just like the assistant manager of the restaurant we're just sitting there at like 10 o'clock, kind of just closing up, really bored. And we're like, should we do like a, a giveaway, a competition on social media for the um, for an afternoon tea? And they were like, yeah, okay. And they, they grabbed an old photo, randomly just said, hey, giveaway, like and share this post. And, you know, we'll, we'll give, um, you can win this thing. I didn't know anything about it because it was a Friday night. I'd already, you know, logged off for the weekend. I only worked Monday to Friday. And they didn't tell me they were doing it. I come in Monday morning and I, I go into the social media management platform I've got. Then normally over the weekend, I'll get like, because there was all the different accounts attached, there might be like a thousand notifications, maybe, uh, if, if the nightclubs have been busy or whatever. Um, and I come in and there's like, it's like 20,000 notifications oh or something. And they basically shared this post. And I think over the weekend it had like, I think it's like 300,000 views or something on Facebook over the weekend and all these comments and all these shares and stuff. And I was like, what the hell? Like you just posted a, a random thing, a crappy old picture that's not even the thing you offer anymore. At half 10 on a Friday night, a restaurant posting about an afternoon tea at half 10 <laughs> on a Friday night for a competition. And it got like stupidly good engagement. Uh, so a month later, they decided to do the same thing, but for a dinner, like a meal at the restaurant, not the afternoon tea, uh -huh. and it bombed. <laughs> like no <laughs> one engaged with it. And it was like, how did this one just hit at the right moment to get that exposure? And then the other one didn't. Like, there's no real way to know. You, I would have never said, oh yeah, let's post about our afternoon tea at half 10 on a Friday night. That's something I never would have done. And I still wouldn't, to be honest. It's like a really daft time to do it, but... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I think we'll be putting an afternoon tea prize up straight away. You know, breeze into that 15,000 target in no time. So, Listen, uh, thank you so much for coming out to chat with me. Um, it's been really great to catch up, and uh, hopefully we can catch up in person uh, soon. Stuff, man. Uh, I hope it goes well, and uh, let's let's see you getting your fifteen thousand followers. Oh well, yeah, well definitely. Well, that's, Obviously, that's, that's, uh, hey, you've had the big guns on here, you know what I mean? Shoot that's, for the uh, stars. Shoot for the stars. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. right, bud. Look after yourself. All the best, man. Yeah, you too. Speak to you soon, all right? We'll do. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. So it was great to uh, catch up with the, my old friend Ross there. Um, some really valuable insights into his work in the um, marketing um, industry. And obviously he knows what he's talking about and has been able to give us some good pointers. And thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Don't forget that you can purchase some great coffee at the Cairngorm Coffee website, which is www cairngorm.coffee if you also want to reach out to us you can do by emailing the big guy directly robbie at cairngormcoffee.com or simply jump on the website and press the contact button we'll look forward to letting you know how the experiment goes next week um, and yeah for more of the same riveting content which you've obviously been hearing today but for now thank you all for listening and stay safe out there We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.